I'm going to show you one more haircut. Maybe I will just go with. This is like on theme for today. <laughs> what about textured bob? Yeah, I like that a lot. That's probably uh, reasonable. Yeah. Short, it's manageable. Yeah. Not too crazy. Welcome to Sex with Ghosts. I'm Bridget here with my scryer Molly. Ooh, exciting. I don't know. Do you know what scrying is? Only in the fantasy sense, in the magical. What's the magical sense? Like scrying is like figuring out what the future is. Yeah. Divination. Yes. Some of that's going to come up today. Cool. Because we're talking mirrors. Oh, you can divine the future from a mirror. Yeah, totally. Exciting. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about the history. I think recently we were talking about mirrors and I was like, no, mirrors have like a crazy history or. Yes, we were. Um, that was during the death episode. So then I was like, Oh, I should just do an episode about mirrors. I'm glad you did because I am super curious. But it's like, uh, I would call this like a mirror 101 episode. I'm not going to tell you the origins of Bloody Mary. Yes, that's fair. Which I think we did once on a live stream. We did discuss it, but I think it was in the broader context of... Urban legends? Yeah, yeah. But I will tell you about some of the thoughts about mirrors over the ages. And a mirror, just to be clearer. <laughs> oh, God, I'm corny. Is a flat or curved surface usually produced of glass that has a reflective coating applied to it. But a mirror can be any reflective surface created for the purpose of seeing oneself. Wait, I didn't even realize this. What? Is the coating? I don't know. I didn't go. Okay, so I started this topic. Well, now I feel like I'm letting the team down here, but no, no, it's fine. We could cut this part. But it just, it just kind of blew my mind because then I was like, wait, they had mirrors way back when too. Yeah. So I'll talk about some of it. Okay. I did start reading about how, like, in 1835, some German dude basically created the most modern mirror that we use, which is like doing something chemical. It's silver. It's like silver and glass. And it's like the right combination of these materials that gives you like a clear image back, essentially. Sure. But I thought that was boring. So I was like, we don't need to go down that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's basically it right there. There you go. Or not. Maybe it was before the 1800s because of the Hall of Mirrors. That was in the late 1700s. So maybe it was the 18th century. I don't know. But the point is, 
Yeah, we all have fucking mirrors. <laughs> the history of the mirror actually dates as far back as 4000 BCE. The reflective surfaces back then were made of polished obsidian. And I'm going to talk more about that a little bit later. Um, the word mirror comes from the French word mirror and the Latin mirari, which means to admire. In Spanish, mirar is to look. Oh, that's interesting because the Romans called mirrors speculum, which comes from spesser, which means to look. Oh. It's to watch. Well, I guess it's to look or to watch. Yeah, it's, I feel like that's uh, interchangeable. Sure. But it reminds me of like that video that they made you watch as a kid. And it was like the guy explaining the difference of hearing and listening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can hear something, but it doesn't mean you're listening. Right. That's true. God, adults are fucked up. Also... That feels like an ADHD thing. Like, yeah, I, I heard that you were speaking, but I was not listening. Yeah, you gotta listen. You gotta use your listening ears. I remember, like, having a, a seminar on that as a child. Makes sense. Did you have something like that in Iowa City? No, I don't think so. I don't know if it was, like, an adult explaining it, but I feel like we saw a video where someone was like, you can hear but it's not the same as listening. I, I could have forgotten to. I mean, God bless. That's probably like built in your, that's like your deep trauma. Yeah. yeah. Being in a box inside your brain somewhere. Very possible. Early Egyptians used mirrors. Theirs were polished of bronze into a round flat disc. In a representation of the sun god Ray. Uh, in China, they had a lot of bronze mirrors. The first evidence of mirrors as grooming tools dates back to 5th century BCE in illustrations of elegant Greeks gazing at hand mirrors hmm. on antique pottery. I didn't. I realize now that the polished bronze does make a lot of sense because if you've ever seen polished bronze it is a mirror <laughs> did you have a specific example like did you see some bronze some polished bronze recently no but it just reminds me of um like going to museums or like other places where there's like big machinery and you can see yourself pretty much as a mirror so back to that bad question i asked before like you don't really have to think about the science behind what a mirror is today because obviously people picked up on the fact that you can see your reflection in other metals well and that's how like i guess they know that animals can recognize mirrors is because they will look at parts of themselves that they normally wouldn't be able to like, see. Oh, wow. So they are completely aware. Well, at least some of them. Yeah, some some animals. 
Yeah, I'm really bad at that. I constantly am trying to look at the back of my hair and still can't figure out which angle to uh, angle the mirror. I thought you were going to say you're bad at recognizing yourself in the <laughs> No, not quite that bad. By the time of Seneca the Younger, which was 4 BC to 65 AD, a small number of Greek mirrors were large enough to reflect a person's entire figure. But at this time, most of them that they have found have been very small, like less than a foot or 12 inches. I don't know how many centimeters that is. Sorry. I would imagine that's just practicality. Like having that large of a piece of metal seems insane. Yeah, that's a lot of work for not having the technology. Yes. And probably like a limited number of yes. people are able to make mirrors in the society at the time. <laughs> I mean, uh, it had to be a status symbol. Yeah, definitely. So there's like a lot of these old mirrors. They're all like usually have like images of God on them, like Pan, Eros, Aphrodite. Just as decoration, we're talking. I mean, as far as we know, I think you could infer that maybe there's a religious element, which I guess is why when we get into the mysticism of it, why people draw that conclusion, but. I mean, it's not like there's a lot to go on about the history of the mirrors. Sure. It's just like we know that gods were sacred, so they're on the mirror. They probably have some association with each other. It seems a little hard to tell, kind of like our last episode, where it feels like they could have just used the gods as decoration because that's what they do. Yeah, I mean, like we, as a kid, we had a little mermaid mirror like we didn't worship the little mermaid we didn't worship the little mermaid i mean maybe we did actually. maybe we Looking did back though, on actually. it oh god <laughs> dang but i mean no one would consider that a religious yeah. figure just us uh, in our psyche as little girls i suppose or children girls because we're both yes i love the little mermaid that was one of my favorites that was the fucking bomb.com Mm -hmm. I think Little Mermaid was timeless. Yeah, I just, I'm glad that they, the real story is real creepy, though. I wouldn't look it up. Oh, yeah, it's it's just like a bummer. Yeah, bad times. Like the whole story. Like, I can't even think, like the Disney one, you're like rooting for her, but I don't even think you necessarily root for her in the original one. You're like, you need to get your shit together, sister. Yeah. Bad times. <laughs> so these mirrors are like, I guess they're considered among the most precious objects in antiquity. As Seneca recorded for a single one of these mirrors of chiseled silver or gold inlaid with gems, women are capable of spending an equal amount of time to the dowry the state once offered to poor general's daughters. I guess that's uh, a lot of value. <laughs> but wouldn't that really just be more of a, this is a unique 
item and it's valuable because of the rarity. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's probably a combination of, I mean, it's the first screens. Yeah. 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 We don't have TVs. This is like almost like a TV. In a oh way. my gosh. Actually, now that you say that, it does make sense because it's kind of like, well, well, sort of, hmm, interesting. Very interesting. I can see everything happening behind me. Yeah. Okay. I think I broke both of our brains. Yes, really, truly. So I had mentioned that, I think I had mentioned they had bronze mirrors in China. They also had them in Japan, and they were imported from China. And theirs would be associated with Amaterasu, which is, and sorry for the pronunciation. The sun goddess and imperial ancestor who at the dawn of time ordered her grandson to descend from heaven to rule over Japan and gave him a sacred mirror, providing him and his successors perpetual access to the divine sun. That sounds like Jesus. Well, I think most, I feel like a lot of religions and stories like that have similar features. Well, it's crazy because it's like, I think I just drew a a dumb connection, but do you remember that movie that Scorsese, I think, produced Silence? Mm -hmm. And it was like three monks and they're trying to convert, I think, Japan into Christianity. And they keep confusing the sun with the sun, the S-O-N with the S-U-N. And now I'm like, no, that this is already their thing. Yeah. Oh my I I never saw the movie or anything, but it's interesting. It's not worth seeing. Oh, if you okay. haven't seen it, I'm sorry if I spoiled anything for you. <laughs> but it's really it's kind of a that's a bummer movie. That's like yeah, that's I don't surprising. think I'm rooting for anyone here. These guys are trying to convert yeah. people. So that's colonialism. This is a bummer. So I don't care if they die, but then they do go through like torture and you're just like, why haven't we murdered these guys yet? They're terrible people. Yeah. But yeah I guess they're the protagonists. I don't know. Maybe Scorsese would have a different view on it nowadays, but it does feel like a dated concept at this point. Well, this was recent. This was like 2016. Yes, but as a white man, what? I assume Martin Scorsese is a white man. <laughs> He's Italian. Okay. But anyway, he probably, maybe he hadn't had that realization. Like, that is exactly the time. Like, we're talking. Oh, yeah. I think he, I don't, I don't think his point of view has changed now. And I think that's part of the reason why no one saw that movie. Ah, they're like, wait. You're, you have a very dated viewpoint, sir. Yeah. I think we only saw it because the uh, trailer was very compelling. Oh. And then you watched it and you were like, misled. Absolutely misled here. Bullshit. I'm glad I didn't see it. Throughout medieval Japan, mirrors were considered sacred objects. Used not only in rarefied imperial ritual and display, but also to ward off evil spirits. And when placed in Shinto shrines 
to speak with gods, which I think is interesting because they're finding these weird mirrors, secret mirrors that were made in Japan. And if the light hits them right, it's like a projector on the wall. Wow. And then you'll see like an image on the wall that you don't see in the mirror. What? That's crazy. But they're like really rare because it's really hard to, with the materials they had at the time to manipulate it that way. That's impressive. Yeah, mirrors, they seem like a historically weird thing. Expanding on what I was saying before, it's like there's like rare items like a diamond or something. Or there's a rare item that's also a functional, like, it's special in a way that a gemstone isn't. Because of the practicality, maybe? I don't know. Maybe and the craftsmanship. Thinking. Yeah, craftsmanship. The use of, yeah, there would, ha- there would have to be skill. It's not like you're just mining up a gem. You're creating the mirror with your own skills. Yeah. Using technology, science. Yes. As the Roman Empire ascended, mirror making appeared in every land where the Romans settled, including England. Then upon the collapse of cultures and economies during what used to be called the Dark Ages, uh, mirror making appears to have died out. Few artifacts exist from 5 to 10 AD. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. The first real glass mirrors in the record are from 3rd century AD, consisting of extremely small concave or convex metal surfaces with glass coatings. The size and styles of these early mirrors leads many archaeologists to believe that they were used as jewelry or amulets rather than for personal grooming. That definitely reminds me of like those costume jewelry. Oh, yeah. Gemstones that are just mirrors. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Some scientists have theorized that our attraction to reflections has an evolutionary purpose. Supposedly, we like gemstones as sparkle and objects that reflect because they remind us of life-giving water. Eh. Yeah, I mean, you have a Greek myth called Narcissus, which is a beautiful man who wasted away after spending too much time looking at his reflection in the water. And that's where we get the word narcissism. So I think humans... Really, just like looking at themselves. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I don't know why, but we do like it. Like most people, when they're on like a Zoom chat, they look at themselves, their self the entire time. Yeah, I try to hide myself so I don't have to look at myself. Yeah, I try to do that too. But otherwise... I will, because I'm like, oh, God, what do I look like now? (laughs) Or how do I react? Yes. Uh, Yeah, that's funny. That is goofy. I I think everybody does look at themselves. And then it's it's funny. You ever talk to like a friend, you know, who's looking at themselves the entire time? 
I'm trying like extra hard and I haven't been looking at myself, but now that I'm like talking about it, it's like I have to try extra hard not to look. Yeah. I've never noticed it, but I don't, I mean, I probably don't pick up on those things very well. I can tell because you'll have a friend who just starts talking at an angle. Oh, that's fair. You're like, you look too good. It's because mm-hmm. you're looking at you're yourself. Looking, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the other reason why you would, because you're like, I need to ensure that I'm not like making. So you're giving them the benefit that they just want to make sure like it's an embarrassment, self-conscious thing. Well, n- n- no, because I also think that you are correct that it is a more of a human instinct. Oh, yeah. But I think I think. That when people are doing it, they're also like, I like looking hot. And that's what they're thinking about the entire time. And if you asked them that, they'd be like, no, I think I look awful. Oh. But then they're saying that. It's like, you're fishing. You're fishing. You know you look hot. You look hot. And now you want me to affirm that you look hot. Maybe. Very possible. I will not give you that validation. Yeah. I will ignore what's going on. Before I give you that validation. There's also just to give some people some leeway for looking at themselves in Toastmasters, which I haven't talked about in a long time because I'm no longer a member of that same group I was in. You in a new group? No. Well, so my group in San Diego uh, went back to in person. So since I'm in Northern California, I can't join them anymore which is sad because they were really fun and i do enjoy those people but part of like when we were online a lot of it was how do you give presentations and speak when you're on zooms and stuff so one of the best ways to do that is to record yourself and then watch yourself because then you can actually see what you're doing i have really bad habit of like I have extremely expressive face, but too expressive. Like I have to be, that's what they told me anyway. Like, calm down, yeah, Molly. I like your expressions. The only thing I'm sometimes sad about is that it doesn't come across vocally. Mm-hmm. So like I'll be listening to one of our recordings and I go, oh, that's where Molly yeah. made this face. <laughs> and then I think, damn. People don't know. They yeah. just, it just sounds like I'm talking to myself like a psychopath. Oh, but you're not. Oh, you're not. That I mean, that's two different things, but I probably should. But I, yes, I think that I speak a lot through my facial expressions. That wasn't, that wasn't a note against you. No, no, no. Molly's very expressive with her face. It's fun. That's one of the joys of being Molly's friend is watching her react. Right, right. And I'm just a generally very reactive person. Like, don't watch a scary movie with me because I will like grab your arm and like scream a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I think that's a joy. <laughs> I wish I was more expressive, but I I'm not. Sorry. Unless I'm doing a bit, then I'm very expressive and it surprises people. Oh, that's good. Because I'm normally not expressive. I, mean, I think that that's part of learning and growing. What were we talking about? I think we are off the rails. Well, we we're talking about narcissism. Us staring at each other. Yes. Well, especially since that story is so old, you know? Yeah. Like we all know it. Yes. So it's, it seems obvious that it's a inherent trait of human. 
Yeah. Human like human. <laughs> so we have superstitions, right? One of them is hanging a mirror opposite door is supposed to help keep evil entities out of your home or office. I guess depending if you're, maybe you have a hung out at your business. Was that also related to our Russian topics? I think so. Okay. I thought that when I was writing it. I was like, I think this was one of the Russian ones. Yeah, I think so too. But I mean, that makes sense. It's a common practice among many cultures. Yeah. Another one is drawing protective symbols on the back of your mirrors can stop evil forces from using your mirrors for nefarious purposes. That one I've never heard or seen. I guess that's how you prevent like the Bloody Mary thing. Oh, okay. I would think. I mean, that's that'd probably help. Yeah. The practice of covering a mirror in the home of a deceased person was first recorded in 1786 in Orkney. I don't really know where that is. I guess it's one of the northern counties of England. Huh. Orkney. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that recent of a thing. It feels like more of a forever thing, but I guess not. I thought it was Jewish. Well, that's what I thought, too. Yes. And that's why it was like, why would this be invented in England? Yeah. I mean, the source cited stuff. So, like, okay, I believe you. It sounds like Kabbalists are more likely to cover mirrors in the house of mourning. So that is the more um, spiritual, mystical, Jewish religion. Oh, that's even weirder. I mean, that still, I feel like the 1786 thing could still be accurate because this is the time of the Illuminati. People were like doing stuff and Kabbalism is tied to the Illuminati. Yeah. I would really like to um, ask my cousin about it because he has this book on Jewish tradition and we're always looking up weird random stuff. We went to their house once and we had this like weird long discussion about how Jewish people can't eat wasps or no, wait, they can't eat figs because wasps die in figs. <laughs> And like, then it make uh, it was a crazy, crazy thing. Did you see that Twitter? That was, was that because of the Twitter thing? I maybe, maybe. There was a Twitter thing that was like talking about how people aren't real vegans if they eat figs. Mm -hmm. It probably was. Well, it was because this friend had fig trees in her yard and she would gift the fig jam to my husband's aunt and like they're not like strict jewish people or anything but it is interesting to think is the fig against the religion in general it's interesting too that um this fig debacle was like fairly recent in the time of veganism yeah it's but i still don't i still don't understand why you wouldn't eat a, eat honey I don't think I could ever be a vegan because I could not ever. And I'm also very confused by vegetarianism. Oh, really? 
Yeah, like I I work for a restaurant, right? And as you know, I work in events and I was setting up an event for a person and they were like, do you offer vegetarian stuff for breakfast? And mind you, she'd already seen the vegetarian, she already saw the breakfast menu, which is mostly vegetarian. <laughs> but in my mind, she asked this and I was like, oh yeah, I was, because of veganism, I was like, oh yeah, I guess everything's made with animal products. And then I was like talking to someone, I was like, what can we offer for vegetarians? And then as we're talking about it, I was like, oh fuck, everything <laughs> except for the bacon was vegetarian. Okay. What are vegetarians fucking doing now? I don't think, I think you're either vegan or you're meat eater. Vegetarians get out. Make no sense. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're, you have a smaller global footprint. Good for you. Well, that's the thing. It, it really depends on what your goals are. Because for me, my goals are to focus more on the environmental impact of eating meat. So, for me, reducing my meat consumption and also eating more. Um, but you do eat meat. I do. I do. Yes. And also trying to eat more environmentally friendly meat also is important to me. But if you are about the suffering of animals, then perhaps you could say, I'm not going to eat the meat, but I'll eat the eggs and milk but there's suffering there's suffering there it's true so actually i think you're probably right but maybe as the environmental vegetarian you can say okay well i don't know maybe i'm maybe. just saying yeah no there's, there's you're just trying to tell everybody your footprint smaller and that's so obnoxious <laughs> you want to know why because it's the corporation's who have the largest footprint. Yes. That's who needs to be reined in. Not me, not you. It's these psychopaths on a large scale. You're right. But then there's also like, for, for me personally, there's also the health aspect of it where it's like, well, I probably shouldn't be eating a whole bunch of um, high saturated fat red meat or. Yeah, but I feel like those vegetarians are like low key. Yes. Yeah. Because they know it's for health. So they're like, I don't need to tell everybody to do my diet. Yeah, and that's uh, more of a more of a regional position. If you're doing it for diet, then it is much less of a problem because you can be like, well, I'll eat the bacon that's put on my plate to not be a rude asshole. I like how we've gotten deep into <laughs> this. When <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're talking, talking about, mirrors. about mirrors. Jesus. <laughs> I'm not a good influence, though. I was, like, really invested, like, like the, yeah, let's go down. Okay, anyways, so I guess there's something about mirrors being Jewish, and that's not what we're talking about, but it's related <laughs> to that somehow. And anyways, they were covering their mirrors because of a belief that a person's soul would become trapped in the mirror and unable to leave. And some people are so superstitious about it that they don't have mirrors in the rooms of sick people. Now, why would a sick person have more of a issue with the mirror, though? No, because they might die. And then you die, and you're stuck in the mirror in the hospital. Oh, so it wouldn't be, it would only be if you die, you're trapped in the mirror? 
Yeah, your soul's like, oh, time to go out. This looks like a window, and the window's a mirror, you dumb bitch. Oh, my God. Well, that's that feels a little less interesting. Not, not less interesting, less, I don't know. I, I think that's that sounds a little silly. <laughs> I mean, have you heard of superstition that you're like, yeah, that makes sense? <sighs> no, you're right. Yeah. Okay, good. I was getting scared if you answered that with something. <laughs> no, go ahead. Convince me. Let's see. Oh, have you heard this one? I haven't heard this one, but you should cover your mirrors during a thunderstorm. No, but that reminds me of my very real feel fear of taking showers during thunderstorms in case i get electrocuted oh i knew it you sound like an unsolved mysteries episode i know it's so it's like one of those things where it's like should i care about this or should i not care about this i don't know i can't even remember the last time i had a window in a bathroom yeah because i've been living in apartments for so long so why would someone cover a mirror during a thunderstorm? Oh, we don't know. Oh, they just do it? It's only been recorded since like 1900. Oh, so they're just weirdos. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting enough to ask if you have heard this. I had not. Although maybe it has something to do with getting electrocuted. Perhaps. If the water is drawing right. the lightning in. But you have something over your windows. And then they probably had a running water in 1900. Yeah. So it sounds like a safety concern. Perhaps. But I don't know. It's, it's Lightning is scary because it's like very deadly. And it doesn't happen very often. So people are like, if you're afraid of it, you're being foolish. But at the same time, like it happens enough that like. Maybe you should care, but also maybe you shouldn't. I'm not sure. Yeah, that, that one's a weird one. That's like my mom is afraid of storms. Yeah. And I remember like thinking it's just a storm and I would freak her out because I would just be like, well, I'm going to go upstairs. And she'd be like, you can't be upstairs during the storm. And I'd be like, what's going to happen? Yeah. I think it's fine. Unless the tornado is coming, I think it'll be fine. Right. Well, it could turn into a tornado. Well, if it became a tornado, then you'd hear the tornado siren. Exactly. And my sisters inherited that extreme. They have extreme anxiety during a storm. Interesting. But I don't think things just turn into, like, turn on the news. You'll know. That's what I was saying. Dude, I called my mom during that tornado in Iowa City. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like calling her to be like, can you see the news? Can you see where the tornado's at? And she's like, the tornado is right above you. And I was the only one with cell service. Uh, where were you at during the tornado? We were, no, I was. Were you with me at the, the barbecue, the lesbian barbecue? Oh, no, no, no. So I was in the basement of Whitey's. Oh. Because I was still at the apartment. And then we went down to the basement Whitey's was the ice cream parlor that was below us. So allegedly was pro-life. It was a weird situation because these like kids who are serving ice cream are like, yeah, come downstairs. And then 
Did they come and get you or did you just go down there and was like, what the fuck? What we did, I'm pretty sure, I think it was like, I'm pretty sure it was me and Ben, my, our friend Ben, and Shane. And we went and got a 30 pack of beer first. <laughs> and then we were coming back. And then the Whitey's people were like, there's a tornado. You should come in here. So we took the 30 pack. This is taking me back. Yes. Into the basement of Whitey's. And we're like, oh, my God, there's a tornado. And then we just sat there in the dark. It was dark. It was like weirdly. Like, I don't know if the lights were on or if we didn't know where the lights were or if we were just like the lights were. I think actually the power went out because then we didn't have power the rest of the night. But eventually we just left and then we didn't have power and then we just had a 30 pack of beer. Which I think that's kind of what happened to everybody. Everybody, it was like a Sunday where everybody was like cooking out or hanging out and drinking. Maybe it was a holiday weekend. And then you went because you were at a party or with your friends. We were all college age. Right. It was like then it, the city turned into like a zombie apocalypse scene where everybody was walking around like what the fuck happened? But everybody has beer on them. Because the story at that time was that people had started looting the liquor stores. Yeah. And I think I'm pretty sure we met up later that night because it was either I came to the barbecue or you guys came downtown. I think we came downtown. Yeah, that makes sense. Because we were all like, we got to go see. <laughs> you got to see the damage. But anyway. Yeah. Why do you save your life? I guess. Well, the pro-life. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so you've heard, though, you break a mirror with seven years, bad luck. Of course. But this only is, dates back to the mid-19th century. Or actually, the earliest that it's bad luck goes back to 1777. But the seven years thing goes back to the mid-19th century. Do you think it's possible that it was just some of the older generation being like, kid, don't break this mirror? Yeah, well, they think it's because they were so expensive. This is too expensive. Stay away from it. Yeah, exactly. So I think you're right. I think that was just a good that was a good guess on your part, seeing how that was my next point. <laughs> oh, there's another one that's bad luck to let babies see themselves in a mirror. Wow, that's a weird one. And another one about young women who spend too much time gazing in the mirror will see the devil. That also seems more like a parent being like, stop looking at yourself. Yeah, that's a sin, you dumb bitch. Hey, stop dumb bitching me. <laughs> this kid sucks. Taking you back to the kid's store. Okay, but let's get to the magic mirrors. It's a common tool for divination, like crystallomancy and catapotromancy and scrying. So those are usually the words you hear describing using magic in mirrors. Does that mean a crystal ball was originally reflective? It would be... Is a crystal ball reflective? Light. It reflects light. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess I always see it with the smoky like, ooh, you see the figures in the smoke. But if a crystal ball were just like sitting there, it would be reflective clear. But you, if you're looking at it, so with these tools, you're supposed to look at them in the dark. Oh, really? Yeah. So what you're seeing is going to be whatever light's getting in. And then you're interpreting it the way you do it, like with tarot. And you create a story that sounds like the future or the past or the present. Oh, geez. I've never experienced it, so I have never experienced it. Doing a crystal ball? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'd trust anyone if I went to a crystal ball thing. I don't know. Like tarot, it feels like, well, I could follow along. I can... I can look at the card. Sure. And allegedly maybe interpret them too. Like there's some sort of way to double check their work. But if you're looking at a ball, you could be saying anything. Anything. It's not like the person in front of you has any influence on what you see in the ball. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Well, I I, I get it. It's like reading tea leaves. Well, yeah, but... You're reading the person. You're not even reading the ball. You're like looking at. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I still feel like a tea leaf is like. Mm, I don't know. But my favorite tea leaf reading in pop culture, probably Peaky Blinders, where the matriarch of the Peaky Blinders family reads a girl's tea leaves and she's absolutely accurate without, you know, allegedly knowing, but it. The show is so cool. You're just like, yeah, her reading's exactly right. Of course, she has gypsy powers. <laughs> I've only seen it in um, the HP. HP? What's HP? Oh, Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to bring up mirrors. No, or no. Or a Harry Potter mirrors story. Don't they use mirrors a lot? They do. Yeah. Like that came up on one of the websites that I read. Right, but it does feel more like, well, I would I would imagine that it was just stolen, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, everything that woman wrote. Anyways, we're getting near the end here. Um, so scrying, as we were talking about earlier in the episode, you're trying to see the past, the present, or the future. In the medieval era, people were considered too unclean to be able to speak to highly evolved beings like angels. Oh. So they needed a device to connect the spiritual world with the physical world. Oh. So that's where you get mirrors as a scrying tool. So they assigned some religion significance to it, but I mean in the terms of like God and angels. But the history of doing this goes way deeper in that and I'll Get into some more details. But another example is the mirror of Floron, which was a highly polished mirror of pure steel. You'd follow the prescribed ritual to trap the demon Floron in the mirror. Once you did, the spirit would appear in the form of an armed knight seated on a horse and would reveal everything about the past, present, and future. This was a form of divination. Um, which you saw answers from supernatural beings. And this mirror, the Floron one, it, it's an Arabic 
magical tradition. That feels a little bit like Snow White. Yeah, the queen. Well, it was said that Catherine de Medici, who was a queen of France, she allegedly is a mirror in divination herself. But another queen, Queen Elizabeth I, do you remember her? Mm-hmm. She's Henry's daughter. Mm-hmm. She came up in that series. Mm-hmm. She had a dude. His name was Dr. John D. And he used a mirror in his divination. He was born in 1527. This is during the Renaissance. He was a well-known alchemist, astrologer, cartographer, and mathematician. He may have been the model for the Prospero, the magician in Shakespeare's The Tempest. But he was the scientific advisor to the queen from 1550 to 1570. He was actively scrying and performing divinations to predict the future. His tools included crystals. He literally used a crystal ball and several mirrors. One of the mirrors was a handheld mirror from obsidian. So that's what we were talking about earlier. Like the earliest mirrors were made out of this material. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of wild that he had this very old mirror because those old mirrors have an Aztec origin for the most part. Mm. I have a lot of sympathy for that. Like scientists of old being like, of course we can figure out the future from this very unique metal property yeah this metal property helps us talk to god or whatever obviously obviously that's science watch we talk to this mirror and watch stuff happen mm-hmm. <laughs> but the weird thing that it's from aztec so for the most part people had assumed that it was aztec origins but that's like a weird thing because we're talking about the 16th century England. But now, because of science, real science, <laughs> where they collect data and make real observations, they can prove that it actually is an Aztec mirror. Yeah. Which informs a lot about the relationship of colonial America to England. Right. I would think that that would be a pretty common thing, just the idea that we would see this foreign thing and assume it's mystical, take it back. Well, and ev even more so because at this time, okay, so they prove it's Aztec because of the amounts of radiation that they can measure. Oh, wow. It's also known as the fluorescence, I guess. Okay. I don't know if it's, I, you, oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I think that is related to things we've talked about before where it's like the dating of the minerals or whatever. Like, Yeah, you're looking at the chemical composition. Yeah. Which then it's considered like a chemical footprint for the object. And they're looking at the proportions of titanium, iron, strontium, 
and other substances. And this closely matches the profile of Mexican obsidian. I hope I'm saying that right. Specifically, obsidian from Pacua, uh, a source known of Aztec obsidian. So that's how they're able to prove that. Right. That's also where George R. R. Martin stole a lot of his mystical things. God, these guys are fucking thieves. Fantasy writers, am I right? It's true. But um, with these Aztec mirrors, there's Aztec art that depicts the deity Tezcatlipoca. Tezcatlipoca. Whose name translates to smoking mirror. As wearing an obsidian mirror, a median and symbol of revelation, premonition, and power is what they have discovered through study. So this is a mirror that would have been polished with bat guano and spiritual items that were used for healing, protection against evil spirits, and for capturing souls. The Aztecs have a tradition of making obsidian mirrors for magical purposes. This is according to the archaeologist Stuart Campbell of the University of Manchester, who is the lead art author of this new study that came out about the origin of this mirror. Yeah, I definitely learned about that when I was a youth in Spanish class. Oh, really? The Tezca Lapoca? Oh, no, 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 not that particularly, but the idea that Mirrors were mystical in Aztec culture. Oh, yeah. So kind of the, I mean, that's the whole thing about, that's the name of the deity. Oh, well, yes, yes. But it was definitely not that complex. Oh, well, and I think this is kind of what they're gathering in this research. Like it's informing each other. Yes, right. The Aztecs believe the mirrors could show smoke, which would then clear to reveal a distant time or place. Ancient Mesoamericans believed mirrors were spirit doorways to alternate worlds, much like Alice in Through the Looking Glass, oh. according to anthropologist Carl Taub of the University of California, Riverside. Once you gaze deeply in, you have opened up that connection. Uh, Tob has studied Aztec mirrors, but he's not involved in this new research that came out. Sure. It feels, we've already said before, it's just part of the human experience to be fascinated by the mirror and... Also part of the human experience to be fascinated by the gods. Well, and we're also, I think some of this research lends itself on the reports of these people like Herman Cortez and his troops who took the capital of, the Aztec capital of, oh my God, how do I not remember how to say this? It's like a like sixth grade social studies. Teotihuacan? Yeah. Oh, thank you. So like you're also getting their account of what they're they think they're interpreting about these religions. And then they go and they tell someone like this Dr. D 
what the deal is. And then he's like, yeah, I'll have one of those. I want to talk to the spirits. And then he uses this as a job with the queen. Yep. And then after leaving the queen's service, he travels around Europe with Edward Kelly, who was a median who used crystal balls to converse with angels and spirits, or so he claimed. The duo often performed magic in front of royalty, but eventually Dee fell into poverty. He returned to England only to find that his extensive library books had been vandalized and that his scientific instruments had been stolen. And that's because that stuff became not cool anymore (laughs) by that point. That's rude. They were becoming less tolerant of occult practices. So he died in poverty at the age of 81, which like he might as well have been 150 at that time. That's quite old. He has no known gravesite. There is a memorial plaque that had been installed in 2013 inside the Church of St. Mary, the Virgin of Mortlake. But uh, that's my... Mirrors 101 for you. Well, thank you, Bridget, for introducing us to the topic. It is really interesting to think about, and I feel like something I hadn't thought about all that much. Well, yeah, I think we brought them up a little bit when we talked about portals. Yeah, oh, yeah. And whatever it was, again, on the death episode. Yeah. So I was like, well, I guess we should talk about we should talk about mirrors. They are pretty crazy. That should be the name of the episode. Wait, what? We should talk about mirrors. Oh, we should talk- yes. Okay, yes. Check. Like, we should talk about Kevin. Did you see that movie? No. No, I don't watch it. I'll give you names. Yeah, no. But where can people find you on the internet, which is like a mirror? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bridget underscore suck it. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Mastodon and Instagram at MollyMM9. You can also find our podcast on Twitter and Instagram at sexwithghost underscore, which we do. We do. um, If you follow us and you want to join some of our Twitch hangouts every month, we do a live stream there. Otherwise, if you want to email us, you can email us at sexwithghost podcast podcast sex with ghost podcast at gmail.com or support us on patreon patreon.com slash sex with ghost or through your ratings and reviews on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts bye bye bye